on the show today. We're talking about the loss against Philadelphia for the Toronto Raptors, the updates in the NBA season, as well as the college football playoffs. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to the Draining Jimmy's podcast. I hope everyone's having a good day. Lots to cover on the show today, so let's kick it off with the Toronto Raptors. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Raptors lose again. They're 0-3 on the season with a loss 100-93 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Listen, the game showed some bright spots, some low spots, some very bad spots, but can this team rebound and get back to the way they were last year? The answer is yes. Is it time to panic and start trading away the assets, start firing the head coach, get rid of management? No. Let's take it a couple steps back here, people. For those people that are ready to burn the ship, get rid of everyone, stop it. Just stop it. The James Harden trades are still coming up here and asking for them to give up this guy and this guy. Stop it. The Raptors are still trying to get back to what their identity is, which is defense. And you know what? Being able to control the ball. We saw that last year with Nick Nurse and this team. What's happening this season is, as much as we still have that core of OG, Fred, Siakam, Kyle Lowry, and you have uh, Norm, as well as Terrence Davis a little bit on the bench, and Chris Boucher, it still is a work in progress. We're, we don't have you know the leadership like we did with Serge or the defensive presence like we did with Gasol. Baines and Lens are still trying to get their presence and still get a feel for what the Raptors are looking for in, uh, on their team. And Chris Boucher, as much as he's been good, he didn't play much last night. Why? Well, A, he's playing against Embiid and Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is still a solid centerman, and guess what? So is Embiid. Two guys that can outmuscle Boucher. And you know what? Nothing against Boucher. He can play very, very well. But when you're fighting for that ball in the paint, you wouldn't be able to play. You wouldn't be able to try and out-muscle them, and that's the concern. And that's where Nick Nurse is now looking at when he's playing each team, what are my alignments going to be? Who am I putting on the court? You know, you saw a lot of Len and saw a lot of Baines yesterday, and you know what? They showed some good signs and some bad signs. I'd like to get some more scoring opportunities and take some better shots. They do make some good shots, but they're also getting a little bit out-muscled in the paint as well. Baines did okay against Embiid until the game continued to go on and on and on. Len played okay as well. But turnovers have still been the issue. Siakam has definitely been, you know, the leader of that for this team. As well, they're not playing complete fourth quarters. They're giving up a lot of, you know, runs in the game. We saw that happen yesterday. I know a little bit of a momentum changer happened when Baines is... Uh, three-pointer got changed to nothing because his finger was still on the ball at the time the shot clock expired, which means the ball had not clearly left the whole hand. So that changes everything, especially when Kyle Lowry was going for his foul shots, and you're seeing that you're no longer in the lead, but you're, or sorry, no longer taking the lead, but now you're trying to tie the game. So that changes everything as well, and you're trying to now 
change your mentality to go back to what it was. But when you see something like that happens and you lose your mentality, it, it stinks. It does. A lot of people are blaming the refs. I'm done talking about the refs and the Raptors. Guess what? Every team gets the bad calls. It's not just the Raptors. I'm sorry. I realize there were some game, some mix-ups last game as well. But you know what? To be fair, that happens every game. The Raptors will always play. Yes, but the Raptors are from Canada. I'm done with that. I've been a Raptors fan long enough that, you know what, you can't blame the refs for everything. They're not the reason why we're losing. Not being able to play four-quarter basketball is why we're losing. Turnovers is why we're losing. We're not playing consistent basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Is it on the coach? Yes, a little bit. Is it a new team? Yes. Is it, like, are they not back to what they were? Yes. Guess what? Siakam is not playing his basketball. We're not seeing him fight to the basket. You know, he, he needs to adapt his game because guess what? Teams are now adapting to him. That's the one thing I think people need to realize. Teams are now adapting to him and know what his moves are, and he needs to change that and grow. And that's part of the learning experience. He's, what, year 10 of playing basketball ever in his life? Year 10. Let him grow and develop. So we know what the potential is. We do, and we'll see it here. Guess what? Fred has had one good game. One with 27 points. You know what? Siakam has been consistent at least with his like with points as well. You know he's averaging around 20 points. He's a couple points down from last year, but let him develop and get back to the swing of things. But Fred VanVleet has not been playing well. OG has been up and down, but his defensive presence makes up for his lack of scoring. That's the one thing that's great about OG. But OG, he disappeared in the fourth as well. He was playing smart ball for three quarters. But this team is not playing four-quarter basketball. They're playing at least two and a half quarters as you're watching the games. We saw it against San Antonio, we saw it against New Orleans, and we saw it against last night against Philadelphia. They are not playing complete basketball, and they're blowing it in the fourth. They're leaving it wide open. They're allowing these teams to get runs. It's sometimes an 8-0 run, a 9-0 run, an 11-0 run. They're allowing them teams that they're playing against to compete. And when the game is on the line, they're trying to battle through it. Shots are not going in. They're rushing it. They're forgetting what they're doing. That means passing the ball. That's what they do with this offense. They pass the ball and they look for the creative shots. It doesn't matter who is scoring. It's the matter of creating those opportunities to nail them. And the Raptors are not doing that these three games. Now, is it time to fire Nick Nurse? No. We, A, we just extended him. Two, he's had two good seasons for us. We got a championship. And what he did last year for us going into the bubble was phenomenal. And you know what? If the Raptors went back to the conference finals last year, if the bubble didn't affect everything, would everyone still be complaining about the 0-1-3 start? Some fans probably yes, but other fans no. Because guess what? It's game three, guys. It's game three of the NBA season for the Raptors. As I'm looking through the other NBA, other NBA teams, sorry, and I'll get to that in a moment, some of them, their records are not good as well. Like, I'm, I'm following some games here today, too. Some of them are not the best. They're not. But the Raptors will get back to the way they play basketball during the season. Give it time to develop. I get it. Siakam, OG, Fred, they're, they're the core. They're the young guys. Lowry could be gone after the season. Norm could be gone, too. And then you have three guys of that core. And then that way, Nick Nurse has to rebuild around this roster. Rebuild around it. So it's going to take time to develop and get to what we want. Everyone wants a championship right away. Don't get me wrong, so do I. 
So do I. All my teams win championships. Like, all of them have. Sorry. Well, I shouldn't say all my teams win championships all the time, but they have won championships. I get it. Raptors want it back. Can they be in contention? Probably if they let them develop. Let it grow. I'm getting really sick and tired of listening to, you know, some of these fans just saying, you know what, it's time. Let's get it done. Let's get hard and boom. They'd rather sell the farm to get back, but they're realizing if they give up pieces that affect this roster, we're going to be in trouble. I do not want the Toronto Raptors to be like the L.A. Clippers in a couple years. You have to realize that, people. The Clippers are in trouble as well. You really want that future because of one guy because you're worried about, you know, not being able to get the game going for this team? I get it. Baskets are not coming easily for this team. I get it. And you know what? Let the players get back to what they are. Let's just see it. Tomorrow night we play the Knicks, and we'll we'll see how the season we'll see how that goes. Remember, I did mention I will do an evaluation after the first ten games. I will also mention I'll do one at the quarter point and as well as the halfway point. So that won't be until March. But uh, just let the time develop. Listen, Nick Nurse is still working things out. As much as it's everyone saying all oh, this, this, and this. The core is not what it is. We're still missing people, pieces. So let this develop. Let it develop and get back to what it is. So please just be patient with this team and just let it develop. And then if it's time to panic, then it's time to panic. But I'm not panicking at game three. I'll be panicking, you know what, when it comes down to the wire and missed opportunities cause them to miss the playoffs. Or alone get swept in the first round. That's when I'll panic. But what's, what's going on in with the Raptors, and this is going to move on to my next segment, the NBA season itself at the beginning has been different. If we're looking at all the key teams here, let's, let's take a look here. The Bucks are now 2-3. and three. The Heat are 2-3. and three. The Nets are 3-2. and two. Let's look at teams that are not really impactful in the season. Let's look. Let's look at the eighth seed from last year. Orlando is 4-0. Atlanta, who wasn't even in the playoffs or not even close to the playoffs last year, they're now three and one. They lost tonight to the, the Nets. The Cavaliers, they're three and one. Let's just remember this is a development. The Nets are, like I stated, three and two. Bucks are two and three. As I was watching basketball tonight, I see that the Dallas Mavericks are losing to the Charlotte Hornets. So tell me again how it's the coaching. Tell me how, again, it's the players. Tell me how, again, it's the reps. When we're looking at here this season so far, that many teams are not the same team that they were last season. Yes, some have gotten better. Some have gotten worse. But tell me again how we're predicting these teams to win the NBA championship, getting the MVPs, but we're not ripping them apart because they're not playing well. I get some of them have wins. Some of them have. We don't have a win yet. The Raptors do not. But let's just take a step back and realize that the season is not starting out the way it is. And this happens in every season. We're going to see the potential pretenders be at the very top. And then we'll reverse it back. And then we'll see the real contenders show up. It happens every season. And people are just panicking, wondering what's going on. You think if the Miami Heat went down 1-3, and three, that the Heat fans would not be losing their marbles right now? Wouldn't they? Because I know I would be if I was a Heat fan. But right now, we have teams here, like I stated earlier, Orlando is 4-0. Oh. 
Atlanta is three and one, like I stated, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are three and one, guys. The Cleveland Cavaliers, like, why are we? Why as fans do we have to panic so early when we're all been watching the sport for so long that we know what happens? It's the same in baseball. It's the same in hockey. It's the same in football. It's the same in every sport that we see the pretenders start off early and boom, we see a change at the end. In the hockey, I'm going to use them as an example. The Buffalo Sabres for the last couple of years have started off in first place for the first two months of the NHL season. Then by April, they're in last place. They're competing for the lottery pick, the number one pick, and they have guys like Jack Eichel on the team. So tell me again how panicking now, without knowing the results at the end, make things all better. It's it's the crazy thing about sports. We always see fans freaking out. Listen, I am a Red Sox fan. For as long as I've been, they've always struggled in April because I've seen them come out after April and then take the division and sometimes go on to win the World Series or at least win the just win the division and go to the playoffs. But it happens. I've made a bet with a friend because, you know what, their team was in first place come November, and I said, okay, my team ended up winning the Stanley Cup. His team wasn't even in the playoffs. So let's all just take a step back and relax when it comes to the beginning of the season because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. Listen, for all those people that are Nets fans or have jumped on the Nets bandwagon, I'm sure they've jumped off because they're 3-2. and two. Now, don't get me wrong, there has been a game where they didn't play, uh, Durant and Kyrie, but here we are. Here we are for that. They're 3-2. and two. They should be 5-0 and oh, despite not having Durant play. The Bucks should not be 2-3. and three. The Heat should not be 2-3. and three. Let's all just step back. We will see how the season develops, and the whole league will change. Don't get me wrong. The whole league will change. And I get it. If you're a Raptors fan, you're pissed off that you're 0-3. Don't get me wrong. So am I. And I'd like my team to be better. But Houston Rockets have James Harden, and they're 0-2. But let's be honest. The Houston Rockets are a, what, train wreck? A tire fire? Waiting for them to implode? So let's just take a step back and look at it. The Charlotte Hornets are going to be beating the Minnesota Timberwolves, like I stated. The Timberwolves, or not Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But the Charlotte Hornets just beat them uh, by 19 tonight. By 19. Let's just take a step back. Just take a step back, relax, and let the season, like I stated multiple times already, let the season develop. But that is, you know, every fan base, every sport in the world, that people just panic and flip out after the first game. Let's just see how it goes, because guess what? By the end of it, when we see the contenders and the pretenders, you will be satisfied where your team is. That's why I'm not panicking right now with the Toronto Raptors. We know what this team can be. They will find their way, and it's the same with every other team. All the teams that I mentioned with their records, we'll see how that changes. We'll see We'll see the Nets probably. Listen, in my projection, I have them fourth, like I stated. But we'll see the Bucks back up to the top. We'll see the Heat back up to where they are as well. Listen, the Pacers, I have them in the playoffs. So they're, they're doing well. They will step down a little bit as the season goes on. But guess what, everyone? People are probably freaking out that Charlotte Hornets just beat the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not. But just take a moment there and step back that anything is possible at the beginning of the season as everyone is getting their way back. And remember, the offseason was shorted. It was a short offseason. Everyone is affected. The, the, the Lakers are 3-2, and two, guys. 
Let's all relax. The Lakers are 3-2 and two as well. That was my rant about sports and basketball. And you know what? It, it's been bothering me the last couple weeks with Raptors fans. Sorry, not the last couple weeks, the last week. So let's all just, you know, move on from it. So coming up now, I'm going to be talking about the uh, college football playoffs. That is happening Friday. So we got the uh, the Rose Bowl as well as the the Sugar Bowl this week. And you know what? We have Bama versus Notre Dame. And then we got Clemson versus Ohio State. A repeat of the Fiesta Bowl, which... I will get into that in a moment uh, after I go over the preliminaries, or not the preliminaries, the preview of the Bama versus Notre Dame game. Now, what am I expecting for this game? Now, this is the Rose Bowl. This is the semifinals. We've all seen Bama here multiple times. So, what am I projecting? I'm projecting Bama to win, and I'm going to project them to dominate. As I'm looking over the stats of the season, Listen, I could be wrong, but I, I think Bam is going to dominate. Because one, can Notre Dame slow down Harris, and can they slow down Devontae Smith? Uh, Mechie, as well, the other wide receiver for them, for Bama. But Najee Harris has been playing phenomenal. He's been unstoppable. He's a mini uh, Derrick Henry. And Devontae Smith, well, he, he's just been one of the best wide receivers in football today. Just under 100 catches with over 1,500 yards. But can Notre Dame go toe-to-toe offensively with this team. We saw what they did with Clemson at the beginning, but then we saw round two against Clemson, and, well, I think it looked like they forgot there was a football game going on. So can they slow down Bama's offense? Can they? Can Ian Book and that Notre Dame team keep up with Bama? We'll have to wait and see. Listen, Notre Dame has had a phenomenal season, and you know what? After last season, just missing out, they definitely deserve respect in being in here for the Final Four. But with their offense, is not as powerful as what Bama has, and Bama will come to play. We saw what they did with their offense against Florida. There has been some issues with defense this season, have been letting teams come back in, and we've seen Saban lose his marbles on the sidelines when the teams are just allowing you know, the simplest mistakes to allow the other team to keep themselves into it. We've seen it. So... If Notre Dame can somehow use trickery plays and get themselves, you know, in there and maybe take advantage of mistakes that Bama has shown, then it could be a quick game. But if Bama is Bama and has everything working, all four cylinders, there's no way Notre Dame can keep up and there's no way Ian Book can do more with his arm and this offense. So look for it to be a good game. I would like it to be, but... With Bama and the way Saban is, and especially at this time when it comes to getting back to the finals, look for Bama to be the dominating team. That's where I'm stating it. So come up to the Sugar Bowl, a repeat of the Fiesta Bowl last year. Uh, Clemson coming back against Ohio State last year and winning 29-23. to I remember watching that game. I remember the end play where they picked off fields and the wide receiver for Ohio State running the wrong route. And when you're watching it, I, I knew it was the wrong route. And to me, it was. Because the wide receiver in Fields knew that he was supposed to go on the inside on the corner. We Sorry, inside on the post. He takes a little bit of a quarter, corner to, or a corner almost an out in the end zone and the pick, which determined Ohio State's season. Now, come this season, Trevor Lawrence has missed a game, and we saw that against Notre Dame. Well, we saw the changes that Trevor Lawrence brings to this team when he comes back. So we saw what they did last week against 
uh, Notre Dame in the domination, 34 to 10. And Trevor Lawrence is just a different breed. He is going to be the future number one pick, potentially leading the Jaguars to, I don't know, somewhere. But he is a leader that's been here. Now, can Clemson's defense do what they did against Field last year in the Fiesta Bowl? That's a potential possibility, but we don't know. So can Ohio State slow down Trevor Lawrence? Can they calm down NTN's offense or rushing attack? Can they do that? Can Ohio State show that their five games were not just, you know, flukes and that they really are a competitor in the Final Four? Now, I shouldn't say those five wins were flukes. They did play uh, some okay teams, uh, but they did dominate except for the one against Indiana. But everywhere else they did beat. Now, they won their, they won their title. I shouldn't say their five games. They did win six. They won their Big Ten championship. But can they control and compete with Clemson? Listen, we saw what happened last year. We saw it as a great game. But who knows? We do not know what will happen. But you know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going with Ohio State as the upset. That's what I'm leaning with. I don't think Clemson returns back to the, the title game. I think we leave it as Ohio State versus Bama. That's what I'm going with. My gut feeling has this thing has a thing where it's just like, you know what? Ohio State's going to beat out Clemson. That's what I'm seeing here. I think they're going to get the revenge. Fields had that taste in his mouth from last year, and I think he brings that into the game, and I think that's what gets them over. Now, can they slow down Trevor Lawrence? That's going to be the challenge, because guess what? The rushing attack of Etienne and also Lawrence. Lawrence can run the ball, too. So we'll see what the balance attack is. They do a lot of QB keeps sometimes, and sometimes Lawrence just goes and does the option himself. So we'll see what they can do. Can they control this offense and get themselves balanced where Ohio State can win? I think they can, and I'm going with Ohio State with the upset. So potentially the finals is going to be Bama versus Ohio State. I'll get to that once everything has been sealed, but I'm going with Bama to win, and I'm going with Ohio State with the upset against Clemson. So I'm calling that there. So that's the show today. Uh, I know I went on a bit of a rant when it came to the NBA season and players and everything and teams and panicking when, you know, it's only the beginning of the season. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Saturday show, I'll be doing my, my NFL picks as well as NBA picks. So I'll be doing five games in the NFL, five games in the NBA. Also, I'll be doing my top 10. Uh, it will be similar to last week's, uh, you know, not really a top 10, but 10 favorites or 10 so-and-sos I'll be looking forward to watch. So look out for that as well. I'll do a recap of the Raptors and Knicks game as well, because they are playing the Knicks on Friday. I'm going to double-check the Raptors schedule as we speak too. Uh, so January 2nd, Raptors are also playing the Pelicans again Saturday night. So depending on when I have my show aired, I will be looking forward to that. So um, I may do a preview of that, or depending on when I air my show, I could be doing a review of it after. So do look into that. So Saturday show, I'll just repeat. Uh, re uh, review of the Knicks and Raptors game, as well as potentially preview slash review of the Raptors Pelicans. My two sets of five games, one for NBA and one for the NFL. My 10, uh, or top 10, depending what's going to happen, I'll reveal that Saturday, as well as I'm going to break down week 17 in the NFL as well. Lots of stuff going on in the NFL this weekend. 
lots of playoff teams, and I'll go over that Saturday because I did go over a little bit on Monday after my review of Week 16, but a lot of teams, a lot of implications, a lot of rankings, a lot of spots need to be moved, especially in the NFC, and also eh, a lot of playoff spots up for grabs in the AFC as well. So Week 17 is coming down to the wire, so lots to cover on Saturday. Tune into that, so it's going to be a big episode. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a happy New Year as well, because Saturday is the first show of the New Year. And enjoy the college football playoffs. I made my little bit of a prediction. Remember, Bama and, you know what, Ohio State with the upset. I think that they get the revenge. Fields still has that taste in his mouth from last year's Fiesta Bowl. So look for Justin Fields to get the upset and help Ohio State get the W and move on to the finals. So that is the end of the show tonight. Thank you for listening. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Thank you.